know if this is the same for everybody anyway, but for me, I feel like my biggest influence is societal pressure. But also just like in new spaces, I think transitionary periods can yeah. be really tough on people's internal psychological experience. Hello everyone, my name is Moya. Hi, my name is Tosa and I'm the host of Fees in a Podcast, where we have everyday conversations about navigating adulthood, prioritizing community, and wellness. Ready? Ready! Hello! Hi everyone. Hi everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Fees in a Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Wow, episode 14. 14 1 4 1 4 it's exciting um you know every time we say i can't believe we're here but we're actually here i don't even think we have the right to be saying i can't believe we're here anymore <laughs> we're 14 episodes deep um breaking news mm-hmm. this is the penultimate episode so we only have one more episode after this for season one i can't believe it so i really can't can. wow the fact that we can even say season one of Peace in the Podcast is actually crazy. But today we're talking about imposter syndrome, um, as you've probably seen on the title. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that a lot of people experience, and we thought it'd be a good episode to kind of delve into a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about factors that influence or feed imposter syndrome. We're also going to share personal stories um, a little bit on how we experience imposter syndrome in our daily life um, and how we manage and deal with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited for the conversation, um, especially because this is something that I know a lot of people do relate to. Same, same. I feel like we'll have a lot of listeners that can definitely relate and hopefully share it with people in their circle. Mm. But before we get into the meat and the bones of... Is it the meat and the bones? Yeah, the meat well, and bones. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know why you say meat and bones because we don't yeah. really eat the bones. But. I know that's why I'm like, is it shouldn't <laughs> just be meat? Yeah. But before we get into the thick of it, um, how was your week? How has your last two weeks been? Um, my week has been good, more good than bad, which is great. Okay, that's great. Um, if I do have a lisp in this episode, you guys know already, I already have speech problems every day, oh so it's gosh. not new to y'all. But if it sounds worse than usual, um, I just came from the dentist Mm. About two hours ago. Um, so I am still numb um, on the right side of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So my left side is really doing all the talking right now. Mm. Um, you guys know my experience with the dentist. I don't want to go into the detail. <laughs> I still have so much feelings um, to get done. But I got two done today. Um, which And it wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be, so that was good. Um, what did I do last last weekend? We went to the jazz night. Yes, it um, was really, really nice. It was really, really good. What the jazz night taught me was that I should not be left. <laughs> oh, my God. I should not be left in the public because I literally have no home training. No, because... That's silent. I, if I'm sad or if I'm just going about my day and I remember what you did in that, I just started laughing by myself. I have no home training. That's what I learned from that night. That's my, tr- well, I'm, I'm shaming my parents in the public. No. And you guys, I didn't do anything to create, um, It's not, yeah, exactly. It's dramatic not, before I go mm-hmm. and talk about like I'm doing something crazy. It's just that the jazz night was filled with like spoken words, snaps, um, snaps, snaps, poetry, and, <laughs> um, and there were a lot of great pieces. 
it's just it's just that sometimes like my co- I think like my coping mechanism is laughter one Moyo you can't you, you have to let me finish the story <laughs> my coping mechanism is laughter um and also laughter the Nigerian in me I feel like as Nigerians we make a lot of sounds we make a lot of sounds so they were, we're talking about we're watching this spoken words artist that was going deep into his struggle yeah. of being African, transitioned into the Canadian system, mm-hmm. and then dealing with racism. It was such a powerful piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> he was going through the entire one. Let me put a picture for you guys. The entire room was silent. Complete silent, like every poetry night, because... People barely even clap. They do snaps. Mm-hmm. So it was completely silent. And he was going through this deep stuff in his, like about his middle school and stuff. And then he went through this part of the poem where he said they called him the N-word. And it was so traumatic. The way he said it, <laughs> incited a sound for me. And so he was going, oh, so we're playing. Moyo, <laughs> can you let me finish the story? So he was like, oh, they we're playing, um, they're playing football and stuff and everything. And then he was like, someone turned to him and was like, um, go get that ball. And, <laughs> and it's like us laughing right now. People for me listen, I'm like, are these girls okay? It's not funny. What he said wasn't funny at all. But immediately he said it. Imagine the room quiet. And I was like, hmm? <laughs> I literally, immediately he said the N word. I was so much in shock that I literally screamed. <laughs> Doesn't sounded like this, like auntie or like this Nigerian mother. <laughs> like everyone in the room, they still continued looking at the um, performer. But I was sitting beside Tosin and I could hear her. And it was so funny because before she had made the sound, I was like making faces. I was like, oh, wow. Like making just facial expressions. And she literally, <laughs> the sound was just so distinct. And I was like, I cannot not laugh. And tears are coming out because I couldn't laugh out loud. Oh, my gosh. And so immediately I screamed. I realized, oh, my God, like I was trying to scream in my head. But I screamed out loud. And then so I was trying to. Pretend like nothing happened, but Moyo Abisola could not stop. Like they almost like had veins popping their eyes. I swear, because they were trying like not to laugh. To um, and so I learned that I should not be let in sophisticated spaces Mm-mm, because you're welcome. Um, yeah, it's it was it was an interesting experience, yeah, and I hope funny. I hope the artists didn't feel some kind of way if they she heard gets- it, just because I wasn't trying to like be disrespectful it's just that that word triggered a full body response and it came out as a scream um but moving on <laughs> we also watched little mermaid oh um, last gosh. night out of the sea wish i could be part of your world it was really good it was really good and um, lovely manuel's you know, little the crab. Yeah, well, that was only Manuel, but yeah, the crab, David. Anyway, Hamilton. If you if you're a Hamilton, the fan. crab and the um, whatever that seagull was. Oh, how I, I knew it was um, Lin Manuel was that rap. Yeah, when she was rapping, I was like, crab. yeah, of course. It just sounds like very like his Encanto. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
kind of style, Everything. Um, which is really good. Yeah. And then I think that's been my week. I feel like I've gone on for um, yeah. a bit. And I spent a lot of last week also preparing for my big mm-hmm. thing happening next week. Her, can you tell us about it? Um, by this, Well, by the time you listen to this episode, it would have already oh, happened true. a couple of days ago. Very, but very true. in three days, I am speaking at my first live event. Wild. It is crazy. Um, it's a youth and mental health um, live podcast recording, and I'll be one of the panelists. Um, and I am terrified. And especially, this is a great conversation to have when it talks about when we're talking about imposter syndrome, um, because I am terrified and I feel like I shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And I'll go more into it in the um, episode. But I spend a lot of my time this week also preparing for that. But yeah, that's been my week. I feel like I never have anything to say. About my week. So <laughs> you guys got a long rundown um, today. Nah. Moya, how's your week been? It's been good. Like, I think most of the things that happened to you, other than, like, the dentist stuff, also happened to me. And obviously, life speaking. I'm not life speaking anywhere. But, like, The Little Mermaid and Jazz Nights, too funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I guess... I've just been trying to like enjoy each day as they come mm. just because it's getting warmer. So I'm like, I'm not trying to rush the months or the days as much anymore. Um, as opposed to like winter. During the winter, I'm like, let's wrap it up. Let's get to the next month so that I can look forward to summer, just like a warmer month. Um, and yeah, and today as well, I did some adulting tasks. Oh, yeah. I went to go get like... I went to like the lab, got to We both did medical stuff today. Yeah, like <laughs> whenever you, whenever you're printing, I feel like if you're printing as an adult, you know like mm. you're about to do something mm. really adulty. Yeah, like I have to go print like a requisition for the lab, get blood work done. Like it was just so stressful. And then I did like my eye test, got like new frames. <sighs> a lot, a lot. It's been a it's been a busy... And you were up early, too. I w- yeah, I had, like, my driving lesson at, like, 6.30 a.m. I Super was woman. so tired. Omar, I'm... Hmm. She was like, oh, no, left. Even she too, she was tired, because she was like, left, but she was pointing right. I'm like, oh, you mean... <laughs> <laughs> like, you mean right? She's like, oh, sorry. Because we're both so tired, but, yeah, hopefully... My test is next week. Mm. So, I'm really hoping that I pass, like... Yeah, so if I don't... Hopefully, about, by, the t- by the time this yeah, episode by the time comes I would out... Have passed, I would have been driving. Yes. I don't know whose car, but like, <laughs> hopefully I would be driving. And yeah, but my week, they've been... Like, my weeks have been good. But mm. before... And I finished my book seven days in June. So nice. if anyone, you know, remember me talking about it before, I finished it. Yeah. Okay, but before we get into, um, you know, the main point of the podcast we did want to shout out one of our most recent reviews on apple podcast this time around this is from sabby.west she left a review on apple podcast saying always well the subject is always brings me joy Mm -hmm. she said i'm in love with this podcast i love the perspectives chosan and moyo share they are two very inspirational women and i'm happy to continue tuning in chairs exo and I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> love you, Sabby. West. Even though I know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> and girl, I love you. <laughs> like, so cute. And like, we always appreciate all feedback, like any type of feedback, constructive, yeah. positive, whatever it looks like. But yeah. yeah. But moving into the meat, like Maya said, the meat on the bones mm-hmm. of the episode, we can start with, I guess, the beginning of what is imposter syndrome in the first place? 
better up, um, they define imposter syndrome as the condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally, despite being high performing in external objective ways. And they said that this condition often results in people feeling like a fraud or a phony and they're just doubting their own abilities mm-hmm. and very well mind they also say the same thing very similar they they say it's an internal psychological experience which i found interesting like the use of the word internal psychological experience mm-hmm. um of feeling like a phony in some areas of your life despite how successful you might be but the term itself was originally named imposter phenomenon and mm-hmm. it was by two psychologists, clinical psychologists, and I think they're women. I think they're white women. But um, Pauline Rose Clans and Suzanne Imes, I think I'm betraying the name, but this was back in the 70s, 1978. Um, so they had, they coined this term and they were like, imposter syndrome is something that they observe in professional women. Mm. Um, and they researched that like, men and women can, like, research eventually shows that men and women can equally suffer from imposter syndrome. Um, but they say things like, despite outstanding academic prof- academic and professional accomplishments, women experience, um, you know, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, and they just think, like, they're not good enough. But one thing that I was reading, I was reading... Um, I sound so smart sometimes, <laughs> like when I do this Richard thing, but I'm really not, I'm just like reading, not reading off particularly, but just, it's not my knowledge basically. And I'm just learning, but I read an article by Harvard business review and there, like, I think the people that wrote it were, um, women of color, one was black and, and I'm not sure of the other race of the other person, but they're basically like, um, diversity and inclusion experts. And they talked about how like why is it that imposter syndrome is seen in women more and they don't really they say women suffer from imposter syndrome as if it's something we put on ourselves Mm. while it's really the spaces that we are in that make us experience imposter syndrome because men don't doubt themselves like obviously not all men but um men don't doubt themselves in cases like this so it's more of like trying to figure out the space but all that to say this research specifically like pauline and susan it's important to know that like they didn't take into account the impact of systemic racism of of classism you know in the 70s mm -hmm, xenophobia and so many other like biases like i too many with yeah. like gender and uh, women of color, certain income levels, because they're particular, they'll probably just be like interviewing or like researching women in like high spaces and yeah. specifically white women in high spaces. And you know, like with a lot of research, people research what is important to them. Exactly. Um, and so, although we have a lot of like big um, groundbreaking research, mm-hmm. you always have to. Um, acknowledge researchers' bias yeah. because it they only focus on how a lot of pe- times, not all researchers, um, a lot of times, a lot of researchers focus on what is important to them. Yeah. Um, and that sometimes is usually influenced by who they are, um, how they belong to society, and the um, people that they frequently like interact with. Yeah. So it makes sense that they didn't take into consideration all those other plenty, plenty parts. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. But yeah. well, that's interesting. One thing that you mentioned that you said it was um, interesting when you said you found the choice of words for internal psychological experience. Mm-hmm. I, 
I understand why you find it interesting, but I'm like, that, like when you said it, I was like, oh, actually, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, when you look at the definition of imposter syndrome, it is not necessarily um, something in your... Re- I guess it's influenced by your external re- reality. Mm-hmm. And like you said, for those... Um, that Harvard business stuff that you read that they talked about, mm-hmm. like actually the spaces that you're in. But a lot of times too, it's also very much dependent on like internal dialogue, mm-hmm. um, which I also find interesting. But moving on, before we go into our personal experiences with imposter syndrome, which is what I'm excited for to delve in, um, our dear um, resident researcher here Please. Um, <laughs> also found um, this article that talked about there are five types of imposter syndrome. And this was something that I was quite unaware of. Same. Um, because... Like I just told him, post syndrome and post syndrome. It's just one thing, right? Um, but I'm just going to, going to go through the five just so we can review what that um, is and see if we identify. And you guys can also let us know in um, our comment section on Instagram. Yeah. Um, let us know if you identify with any of the five mm-hmm. um, kinds of imposter syndrome. The first one is titled The Perfectionist. So they say this type of imposter syndrome involves believing that unless you were absolutely perfect, you could have done better. You feel like an imposter because your perfectionist traits make you believe that you're not as good as others might think you are. Um, which is very interesting because it's not that you're not good. Yeah. You feel like um, others might see me as something greater. And if I'm falling short of that, then it makes you feel like you have an imposter. Um, you're an imposter, or you're a fraud, or you're phony. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is the expert. The expert feels like an imposter because they don't know everything there is to know about a particular subject or topic, or they haven't mastered every step in the process, which is crazy because yeah. how can one person know everything? Um, but they um, believe that because there is more for them to learn, they don't feel as they have reached the rank of expert. Um, and I really, I really, 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 yeah. as a nurse... You relate? Relate to this. Oh, damn. Because sometimes when I'm at work, I'm people, some of my patients ask me questions and I start talking. I'm like, you shut up. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes when I'm at work, like, which day, one, I was talking about a vaccine. No, I was talking about like rabies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking about how the vaccine doesn't give you like lifetime protections. What, something. And so my patient was asking me why. And, I went, I started talking about what I knew, and then I hit a wall in my knowledge. And I was like, I actually don't know more than this. I was like, mm-hmm. um, I can see if I can call, if like, if this is an, well, it was not an important information, she was just curious. And I was like, I can see if I can call my, um, our resident um, or lead nurse or a lead physician and ask them if they know better because I don't study rabies. I know what I should know about it and about the vaccine. Um, but I remember after the person left, I was like, how you call yourself a nurse? <laughs> wow. How you cannot answer that question? And in the end, I ended up calling my manager and she said, like, I don't know. You see, they're <laughs> just so it's many crazy. pieces of information. It's kind of wild to know I, everything. Yeah, I really relate to that one. The next one is the natural genius. In this imposter syndrome type, you feel like a fraud simply because you, do, you don't believe that you are naturally intelligent or competent. 
if you don't get something right the first time around, uh, first time around, or it takes you longer to master a skill, you feel like an imposter. Same, same, same. Um, the next one is the soloist. It says, um, it's also possible to feel like an imposter if you had to ask for help to reach a certain level um, or status. Since you couldn't get there on your own, you question your own um, competence and abilities. So you feel like, oh, I should be able to do everything by myself. And if I cannot do it by myself, because you feel like other people are doing things by themselves. Yeah. And so if you feel like you need help, then you feel like... Um, you're not competent and you mm -hmm. feel like an imposter. And the last one is the super person. This type of imposter syndrome involves believing that you must w be the hardest worker or reach the highest level of accomplishments possible. And if you don't, you are a fraud. Moyo, do you relate to any of the ones? Yes. Which one? Of course. I think, I think it's wavered like as I've evolved. Mm. Um, if you haven't listened to our, our 13th episode on self-evolved, Evolution. Yes, self self-involvement. And rebranding. Re you should go check it out. Mm. But um, I think um, specifically with like where I'm at in life, <laughs> where I'm at in life, the natural genius and the soloist, but more in the natural genius side. Mm. Um, it's just like, I don't know, if we're just, if they're trying to teach me something and I can't get it, I'm like, I either get it and I know it to a T, or I don't know it at all, and I can I won't be in a space where they it's have to question. Ground. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like I don't want someone to have to question if I know something. Yeah. When I'm in a space where everyone are supposed to be experts in it. Um yeah, so I think But it's how also how do you like, differentiate that between like natural the natural genius type mm -hmm. versus the expert type? I think don't believe you're naturally and I also think like there are so many things that I, that I think a lot of people know mm. that I think I should know as oh, well. Okay. Things like, is the earth flat? So? Oh, no, I don't <laughs> like, think a lot of people know shape? that. No, but like so many like... Maybe geography. Like ge not so much geography because I feel like they're particular <clears throat> America <clears throat> um, when it comes <clears throat> to geography. <clears throat> Some places they just they think America is the only, the only country. Only planets, only place. You know, they, they think they are <laughs> they a are city, the country, planet. They are the earth. They are the earth. Yeah. So, <laughs> not even geography, but like just so many like world knowledge. Yeah. I think it's like world knowledge or like measure when it comes to if I'm being spatially like smart, I am not. When you tell me, oh, this, this is, it's just 10 kilometers away. I'm like, what does that mean? Even right now, I don't even think 10 kilometers can be used with like just because I think that's a far distance. Mm. But I don't know, because I didn't grow up here. Like, even in Nige, it wasn't something, like, you measure it in time. Like, things, how things are measured, like, it's how, how many long does pounds, it take you like, to get there? Just so many, like, yeah. worldy, knowledge things. Or what things. you think should be common knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. With the common knowledge, I'm like, bro, I don't know. Like, mm. Or, like, someone's like, oh, yeah, this is south of this. I'm like, sis. Please. Um, I always do. Is it left or right? shame and guys don't don't judge me if you're judging me i'm looking at you right now what do you know <laughs> um anytime someone says south i have to play that game in my eh? head that we play in Nigeria. not to the, the game. east the west of the north no, i'm like my friend in the gallery show <laughs> i have oh to play the game gosh. in my head because i'm like i know where north is mm -hmm. i know where south is the east and west east and west <laughs> good luck <laughs> like i saw something on twitter as well and they're like 
someone and also it went into tiktok and it's just like i'm really smart the guy was like oh yeah i'm a chemical engineer i'm this i'm like it sounds like you are intelligent but i said i don't know the difference between raw and column that Girl, trip, yeah that does trip me up sometimes yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, which one is which again? And sometimes when I go through my daily life where I don't know like common knowledge, and then I'm at work and you hear me talking about like the human body. Yeah. I'm like, that knowledge I do have because I mm-hmm. do read it. <laughs> but if you ask me to delete a row, you might lose a column. <laughs> <laughs> you might lose a column. No, because honestly, well, like not to make it small like i think it will dive yeah. deeper into it but also with work i also feel like i don't know certain things mm. and yeah there's so many people like even at work my boss is like oh like you know my personally like my personal philosophy i'm like oh you have okay so yeah some let, let me not lie some people do overdo sometimes too. they do um, i think so but please so we've listed the five um the know. perfectionist the um, expert, the natural genius, the soloist, um, and the super person. And maybe I will try and put the link of this article um, in our description when this yeah. episode comes out. So you can review that. So you can let us know on Instagram which mm-hmm. one you relate to the yeah. most. Yeah. And, you know, with so many, like, topics that we discuss on here on the podcast, I think there's always a reason that leads to that particular thing mm. so there are obviously factors that lead or that influence imposter syndrome so tell me tell me what influences imposter syndrome for people or for you either or um hmm. i don't know if this is the same for everybody anyway but for me i feel like my biggest influence is societal pressure mm, and societal pressure includes myself my workplace my family yeah. every what comp- uh, consists the society consists of <laughs> no you say mm, like i did in the jazz night um <laughs> yeah i feel like everything that consists of what society is um influences imposter syndrome when i think about my family i think of and I, not to generalize again but like nigerians are very ambitious yeah we grew up in very, a lot of us grew up in very ambitious household where they're like, if you don't confess, the person that came first, do they have two heads? Oh, they honestly do. Maybe they are banging <laughs> Jews, you know? Do you know they are banging Jews together first place? Um, but we grew up in a household where you're like, if you're not the top of your class, there's no like, oh, but I was in the bottom. Anywhere half side third place you are in the bottom yeah. of the class and so you always feel like you have to perform really high mm-hmm. and so when you get into spaces where you find other high performance um or people that are outperforming you yeah. then you feel like oh maybe i don't belong in this space yeah um you start to feel like oh maybe i'm a fraud maybe i'm a phony um not to blame my parents because they do that because Maybe to blame them a little bit. Eh? But not to blame <laughs> them. Because no, they do that because they want you to succeed. Yeah. And they want you to have a great life. And in their mind and in the way they have grown up, success when it comes to school mm-hmm. is the only path to success in life. And so 
everyone wants the best for their child. Well, I hope everyone wants the best for their child. And I yeah. do believe my parents want the best for me. Mm-hmm. And so when they were asking for banging grades, um, I think after school, I carried that mindset into my day-to-day life. Yeah. Feeling like, if I'm not the top of the board, then I am failing. If I'm not the top of the board, I don't belong here. If I don't know everything, if I'm not taking all the awards, if I'm not making all the highest accomplishments in this space. Um, I remember when I was at work, sometimes one of uh, my coworkers, my first job, they'd be like, just on YouTube, do. And I was like, because I feel like I have to... Perform. Yeah. And then when it comes to society, there are certain things that... Um, there are certain ways that you have to look mm-hmm. in order to um, feel like you belong. Like sometimes I go into spaces where um, if you have not met me or you, you just hear my voice... I am plus size. I am not the um, standard size in North. Anyway, I'm not the standard size in North America specifically, and so especially for women. Um, and so when you walk into spaces where you're like, hmm, nobody looks like me here, mm-hmm. or maybe a few people look like me here. Um, and not even when it comes to size, but like also, we are North America. I am black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am black. Um, not only am I black, but I open my mouth. I'm African too. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, there's not a lot of spaces that accept um, me to present this way. And so when you walk into those spaces, you feel like, uh, maybe I don't belong here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and then I also think like just unfamiliar environments because when you also don't know what the societal standard is, yeah. you walk in feeling like, do I belong? Do I belong? Yeah. yeah. But what about you? Yeah, I agree with, everything that you mentioned i think especially with the family upbringing one i think there has to be like a balance between um parents who overly criticize their kids Mm -hmm. and like also overly provide positive feedback to their Mm -hmm. kids and i don't know where the middle ground is there is a middle ground maybe it's in heaven there is a middle ground heaven is the goal (laughs) because at this point i don't know where that like I, I don't think, think there is a middle ground. I think ground. there's a middle ground. Mm-hmm. I agree. But at the same time, I'm just like, honestly... That middle ground is hard to find, though. Honestly, parenting is hard. So I feel like our parents probably did the best they could with the mm-hmm. knowledge they had. Um, but also just like in new spaces, I think transitionary periods can yeah. be really tough on people's internal psychological experience um so for example if you're moving to a new country new job role like Mm. a new role a new school setting new degree or if you're trying to pivot your careers um if you have a new part of your identity for example if you were a girlfriend and now you're a fiance and now you are a spouse and now you're a mother Mm. whatever that looks like like i think that can be really scary or you were an entry level, I don't know, like accountant. Now you're a senior. Now you're a partner. Like yeah. that's like all these transitionary periods are really scary and can make you feel like, well, do I actually belong here? Do I, am I included? Like why are people even choosing me? You start to question yourself. And like research also shows that like imposter syndrome appears to be more common when people are getting through transitions and trying new things. Um, and then there's like pressure to achieve and succeed combined with a lack of experience. They're like, you know, it can really trigger a lot feelings of inadequacy because you don't know that like space you're in, mm. but you also add that pressure that, well, I'm in this and I want to succeed in this. Mm. And yeah, like a lot of 
um, those feelings would definitely come up in new settings. Um, and I think it's also like a personality thing. Um, sometimes I think if people are struggling with, um, like let's say negative self-talk or self-doubt, low self-esteem, <laughs> no, what you say? I said social anxiety too. Exactly. Like social anxiety, like things like that. If it's in your, um, personality traits, if it's in, if it's something you struggle with, it's like impersonal syndrome can also come up because there's a higher chance that, you know, if you always have the tendency to be perfect, but then you have self-doubt or you have like a way of putting yourself down, you will always try and think if you're a fraud. Um, and then I think the last one for me is probably like tangible success. I think when people are comparing themselves to, let's say like numbers, for example, Mm. if they're like, for example, this podcast, if we're to say for us to be successful, we have to hit 1 million plays mm. versus like what we're, what like our intangible um, vision and mission and things like that. Yeah. Like we'll always feel like, oh, should we be in this space? Yeah. Like, are we impacting anyone? Um, like, who are we even talking to? That type of thing. Um, but yeah, so I think those are some of like the things that will probably cause people to think, Wow, I'm a fraud. I'm a criminal. <laughs> yeah, or, definitely. I definitely relate to like that tangible success too, and especially with comparison because mm-hmm. you see someone do a number, and I don't know who sets the standard. Yeah, because before people used to be excited about hundred k subscribers like mm. on YouTube. Now, if you are under a mil, you are considered like a small small, small creator. <laughs> <laughs> God. Which is crazy. Um, but yeah, definitely related to that part with tangible mm-hmm. success. Okay, sorry to interrupt. We're just here to do a quick ad break. Well, not really ad, but a stop break, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We want to... A reminder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we want to implore you to go on... Apple Podcasts, yes. on Spotify, yes. on Instagram, yes. on Twitter. Yes. I think that's all. Yeah. But go follow us. Peas in a podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe there. Leave a review. Um, follow us on Spotify at Peas in a podcast as well. Yes. You see our picture. You know who we are. Get into it. Get into it. And then it. Instagram is Peas in a podcast dot TM. Yes. Make sure you even turn on your notifications so that when we post, you're like, oh my gosh, the girls are back. See, the girls are back. They're posting. And also turn on your notification for um, Apple Podcasts and for Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. On Twitter, peas in a pod underscore TM. Sorry Mm -hmm. about that. (laughs) But yeah, so make sure you're following us there and engaging with us. Returning back into this beautiful conversation that we're having on imposter syndrome. Moyo. Yes. Are you ready? No. <laughs> when was the first time you ever experienced imposter syndrome and how does that continue to show in your daily life? Damn, damn, damn. Heavy question. Big question. Mm-hmm. Very big question. It has A and B. Part A, part B. Part B. <laughs> um, I think for me, the first time, probably university, mm-hmm. like intense imposter syndrome was in university. My entire experience in university, I think... Whenever I look back, I'm just like, Ugh. like, I think some people look back and like, oh my gosh, I want to go back. For me, I'm just like, I'm so glad I'm over it because mm. I just felt like an imposter the entire time, most times. Um, and yeah, so I went to 
again, I went to Schulich, uh, York University. Big girl Schulich. And literally, like, you would say that to people, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, you go to Schulich. And I'm like, um, yeah, because at the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not a genius, bro. And then when I would tell people at Schulich that I was, because I started when I was 16, and they were like 18, mm. so two years younger than them. And I'll tell them, be like, oh yeah, I'm like this age and that age. And like, oh my gosh, you're so young. You must really be so smart. So that would put added pressure on me mm. to like overperform as mm. well. Cause I'm like, they expect geniusness. The I should be genius a genius. You get. And the only thing, I'm really not a genius. It's just that the Nigerian education system said, if you want to jump from primary four to, to SS1 you got it. or to GS1, you can't do it. <laughs> and I did it. And so I was like, ah. And we do start school really early. We do, yeah. yeah, We start school early because even if I didn't skip, like, you know, my school didn't even have primary six. So I would have had to skip one grade eventually. Mm. So it's not really a genius thing. It's just an Andrea thing. Just a system thing. Yeah, like, there's so many international students that are also my age. So it's like, I'm not an anomaly when I'm with my international folks. Mm. But if I'm with, like, Shirley kids, it's like, oh my gosh, you must be a genius. And I'm like... I'm really not. And I don't know how to explain this because I'll follow your hand. Um, <laughs> and I just felt a lot of like anxiety. I felt like I didn't like deserve the acceptance when I got, into, when I got the acceptance letter mm. to go into the school. Um, and also during like orientation, I remember the dean at the time was like, oh, we should all be so lucky that we got accepted because we even like you know, created, I think typically they only accept like a hundred international students. But I think that year they did like 150 or so. So I was like, Mm. oh, well, proves my point. They just saw, I was like, "Mm, let's just put her in as well. Like, (laughs) I had so many things. And then Schulich, they had a lot of like, they would really push for accounting schools or accounting um, companies, like Mm. the big four, they would come do networking sessions. And so many people were also like, they loved accounting, they loved finance, they wanted to get their CPA back, like degree, designation, all of that. Your girl, I didn't care. I was like, what is this? I don't care for this. And I, they just loved business so much. Like, I lo- I liked business at that point, but I was like, mm, no, so the kids life are could be, yeah. And I think, to me, I think they're like, they're ch- trained prior, because I feel like a lot of Shilly kids have had that shilly go yeah. for a while. So they're mm-hmm. trained to certain to be, behaviors. To be like, like people had full-time jobs at like banks and big four companies while they were at school. And I was serving food at like a restaurant as my part-time job. Like I was just like, I don't understand. Like I just mm-hmm. feel like I don't belong because you're doing all these big things. Some people had shattered companies that like, you know, startups here and there. And I'm like, what's a startup? Like, I was just so confused. Um, and yeah, like it just continued to eat me up. I felt like I didn't belong at all. And I felt like so many people are just so much better at everything from the way they spoke. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. This is my first experience with actual Canadians versus the high school I went to where they had international students. So I was like, I don't belong here internet. Like you're Canadian, you are great at presenting. And they had lots of, ex- you are great at doing case studies, but they had all these experiences from high school. High school yeah. So it just seemed so like, it was a shock to my mental men. Um, but yeah. And I don't know if I'm over it, but cause I feel like if they were to invite me for like an alumni get together or something, I'll probably not be there. Cause I don't like, I would still feel that way. 
because even at the workplace, like at my workplace right now, I feel like I'm also experiencing imposter syndrome because the way I did it from accounting to um, recruitment or just HR was that I networked into it. Mm. So I didn't necessarily like get a degree or get a diploma or a designation mm. while people that I work with are getting their CHRP. They're trying to get like designations for things. I'm yeah. like, I just, I just talk to people and they interviewed and all of that. So it's like, I don't know if I belong here because they have their experiences. They have ample experiences versus me who I'm just an entry level person. Um, and I have potential, but mm. I don't have like, a vast knowledge of things. Um, and then the way, and I think that's how it just continues to show up. Um, how it shows up in my life is currently my workplace. Um, and sometimes I just feel like I, I just feel like a phony, not just with workplace, but sometimes I also think in faith. Same girl. Did you say same? Yeah. Both yeah. for work and in faith. Mm, I think with faith, that's a different combo. Mm another day but for now i would say it continues to show um like when it shows up in workplace specifically i yeah. think it would be like if i'm asked to do a presentation to like executive like leaders i'm like um but why me like i literally and you've been done... doing some big big presentations lately but then in my head i'm like they're not even big they're like big Maya. but they're big at the same time just like i really have no do- like i'm not gone above me. like i just think i'm doing what i can do or maybe it's just a nigerian in me that's like ah if you if they give you work you have to finish it <laughs> i don't like i don't understand but yeah. i'm like i'm barely doing like i'm just doing what i'm supposed to do and they're like oh yeah come speak at this 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 but sometimes I'm like ah, maybe it's god's grace it's a god <laughs> it's but, a favor like, i don't like i favor really don't know me. but yeah like sometimes and that makes me feel like no but i'm a fraud because if they should ask me do you have a degree in this and this? I'm like, no. And if you ask other people who are not at the same level that I'm at, they probably do have all those accolades mm. to back up, to like speak for them. But what about you? I definitely relate with the work one big time. Mm. Big, big, big time. Um, because the way my career has gone, like I started nursing in more, um, first, as a new grad, I was a big phony, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was a big fan because the way the nursing program is designed, it's faulty, one. Because half of the things I know now as a nurse, majority of that I learned on the field, not in school. I feel like, and if you ask any nurse, there's a famous saying that nursing school prepares you to pass your licensing exam, but not wow. necessarily to become a nurse. It sounds like driving. Because some of the information <laughs> that was, like when I think about all the things that I use, and they were all like, great knowledge to mm-hmm. have but it was also structured to um the exam that mm-hmm. you're working these four years to pass that exam and to get that license yeah now when you really entered the field because you learn like oh normal blood pressure is 120 over 80 and then you meet somebody who their blood pressure is giving you Seven, no, se- not 70. But they're probably just giving you like something that's considered on the higher range of blood pressure. And mm-hmm. like you start to realize that not everybody is the same. And there's so many like social cues to, and like all this other interpersonal stuff that yeah. affect like health and well being. And you, you can't learn, teach that. You can't teach that. And so there's also a lot of skills, like my IV, my inserting a catheter. 
oh. pick line, all this is learning on the job. Like my IV skills, I usually I literally tell people that first year, it was mm. just I felt like if somebody would shine a light into like I felt like I was in a closet and if someone would shine a light into the closet, they would just see the disorganized mess. <laughs> I just feel like I had so much information that was just floating around. I did not know where to apply it to. Um and so I really felt like that in the first year as a nurse. Um, and then progressing after I did like my first year in nursing, I transitioned from inpatient to outpatient talking about travel nursing, where I do consultations where I sit down with families and people mm-hmm. for 45 minutes and telling them how to stay safe while traveling to different countries. Like sometimes some people ask me, oh, so I'm going to be in Medellin. Um, and I heard about this virus. I'm like, I don't, have I visited Colombia before? <laughs> I've I've been there. Like, I always just feel like sometimes I'm talking and I'm having this out-of-body experience. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, I'm just a child. I'm literally just 25 years old. (laughs) Actually, 24 as of this moment. But um, I've already accepted the 25. Mm -hmm. It's already chasing me (laughs) down. Um, And so I definitely relate to work where I feel like there are just so many... There's so much to know. And sometimes I feel like compared to the other people around me, especially with being younger in my workplace, I'm the youngest person there. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, oh my God, sometimes I don't belong here. Yeah. Um, another thing is, especially transitioning into the creative space, we're starting the Latibue, we're starting Peace in the podcast. Yeah. And especially when it's a platform, a creative platform where you're sharing your thoughts and ideas. Like now, as you're recording this, I'm like, who, who cares what we think? Get, who are we to talk about in person syndrome? Who cares? Like, who cares? Like, who is even listening? Nobody. That's exactly. all I tell myself. She gets. Nobody cares why you're doing this. How can you compare yourself to the other people that mm-hmm. are doing creative work? And it is so, that kind of mindset is so debilitating because then it stops you from progressing. Mm-hmm. And because you're not progressing, you always feel like the smaller um, person in the space. Yeah. And it's just like this never-ending circle. Yeah. Um, so that's how um, imposter syndrome um, shows up in my daily life. And also as someone who struggles with social anxiety on the general, mm-hmm. um, I always just feel like I don't belong in rooms. I'm always like, oh, what is this person thinking of me? Um it's just, it's a lot. And imposter syndrome sometimes, it's also crazy because if you bring up the facts sometimes, they don't like, okay, yes, I don't feel like I know a lot as a new grad, but which other new grad feels like they know a lot? Exactly. Um, I feel like, oh, I'm the youngest person in the space, but I, I interviewed for this job. They know what I have mm-hmm. and they still agree to give me the job. So mm-hmm. I do belong here. So I feel like sometimes when you look at it rationally, it's, crazy but like it's hard and i'm saying this all now i really truly don't have the answer because all these things i feel um and all these spaces where i feel like an imposter i still up to this day to this day to this day feel like an imposter in all these spaces mm. um which is it's very challenging and i think even i'm speaking at a live event in three days mm-hmm. and i'm like why do they want to hear my thoughts and like what thoughts do i have and it's like on youth Mental health. I feel like there's so many other people in Toronto you can call to come speak. Why me? Like, I feel like they have nothing to say. Um, and it's a constant struggle and it's a constant battle and it's very internal sometimes. But I don't want to take away from the fact that there are a lot of spaces um, 
that also when I when you were talking about Shulik, oh. when you're talking about Shulik, I'm like I'm not even in Shulik, mm-hmm. and sometimes when I'm around there, I feel shy. <laughs> I feel a little bit shy because it's the way the environment also is structured to yeah. make you feel. They have this pretentious yeah. presentation. And so sometimes I'm like, yeah, th- a lot of this is in my head. But yeah. a lot of this is also the environment that we're, mm-hmm. we're placed in. Yeah, And not um, to call out, you know, Shulik, but... No, I think we do. I do know a lot of Shulikites okay. and they're really good Never. people. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm like, I think I'm mostly calling out business. Yeah. Just... The finance bros, yeah. you know, we see you like, yeah, yeah. that environment. It's it's tough being feeling like an imposter is pretty tough. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, if you're listening to this and you sometimes feel like this, it's quite prevalent. Like it's mm-hmm. very common. Yeah. Um, and it's not just you. And if you would like to share, please share with us too. Yeah. Um, situations where you feel like an imposter. Um, and just so we can have more conversations and people don't feel. Like, oh, this is just me. That's mm-hmm. it's happening oh, to Definitely not just you. Yeah. But um, I think to sort of wrap up our conversation for today, how do you manage and deal with imposter syndrome? I don't know if I've dealt with it because it's something that I still experience on my day to day. But I can say that there's specific days and specific months that I'm able to manage it better. And I feel like one thing that's been super helpful for me is separating my feelings from reality. <laughs> no really <laughs> really I like I'm like okay sometimes when I go into your room and I feel like I don't belong mm-hmm. and I feel like people's eyes are on me I ask myself were you invited or not mm. very good question I always ask myself that question did you just show up here or did someone invite you fair question if someone invited me I don't care why they f- want me to be here mm-hmm. whether it's Maybe I feel a diversity quoted. Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> I, maybe um, it's just my friend and I know um, they just want me to be in the room. Maybe because of my knowledge or mm-hmm. maybe because I, they feel like I bring value into this space. For whatever reason, they want me here, so I'm here. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes, and it can seem like very blunt and it's like, oh, you're not usually encouraged to dismiss your feelings. I saw this TikTok that said, your feelings are a guide and suggestion, mm-hmm. and sometimes not reality. It's a gaslight to sell. <laughs> the guide and suggestion to be like, oh, okay, I feel like this, and something has caused this feeling. Now, let's go to the root of the problem. So, dividing my feelings from my reality is very big for me. Um, every time I feel like a fraud at work, I'm like, did you go through four years of nursing? I'm like, yes. Mm. Did I get my degree? <laughs> yes. Did I pass the licensing exam? Heck yes. Yeah. Did I interview for this job? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I get the position? Yes. Have I been here for a year? Mm-hmm. Two years, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. Has my manager made any complaints? No. I deserve to be here. <laughs> no, really. Sometimes you just have to break it down to mm-hmm. the simplest form and be like, Yes, obviously, it's not that simple. There are other intricacies and stuff that goes around. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, as long as nothing has been presented to me yeah. externally that I don't belong here, some, the person that invited me has not used the amount to say it. I belong. Yeah. Um, and so separating my feelings from my reality has been very, very important for me. Um, also, 
getting my circle to like having a good good support system that can keep me accountable mm-hmm. and check me every time I am um expressing thoughts of like imposter syndrome or every time I am doing like negative self-talk um to keep me accountable to check me and also remind me of my reality like every time I say now for the example for example the event I am going to talk at in three days when I first got invited and I was telling Moyo I'm like oh my god Moyo I don't think I should do it I don't think I should accept it but I was like then why would they invite you like, you need somebody to say back to you yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. You need people to check in and be like, why would they invite you? And Moe was like, no, you are a nurse and you have a lot of experience um, and knowledge when it comes to mental health. You've spoken about it with other people. You've created a platform where you've invited other people to talk about mental health. And you have also experienced mental health. So you are well capable enough to mm-hmm. have conversations. And sometimes you need external reminders yeah. um, to be able to kind of knock you out of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Trying to avoid, and this is the hardest, trying to avoid comparing myself to other people. And oh, it tough. is oh. very, very T-U-F-F. <laughs> it is very tough. Um, especially in a society where it seems like your level of success, because if success was this and then somebody does higher, success is now that per, um, that person yeah. has set a new standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so comparing myself to people has been very, 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 very difficult. But separating my feelings from reality and having a good support system to check me, um, to keep me accountable, and also remind me of that reality has been very, very helpful in um, managing imposter syndrome for me. Yeah. Hmm. What about nice. you, Moya? Um, I think for me, I don't deal with it well but how i get through it Mm. i think i try i've been trying something recently which is affirmations Mm -hmm. i'm not consistent at all but i'm trying because one step at a time (laughs) (laughs) like i would write it on my calendar that i have in my room um so for each month i'll just write like I'll see my calendars like okay I'm doing this this these are like big things I'm maybe scared of or I feel like I'm struggling with imposter mm-hmm. syndrome with um like in May I had like a presentation to like a large group of people and I knew that was going to happen so I wrote something like I am a star I have the secret sauce I am a phenomenal like person Not like I'm that sauce. girl like yo <laughs> because also one of my managers said that to me one day she was like oh I, we as leaders just believe you have the secret I said eh let me write that and say that to myself. They told you you have the secret sauce. If so you must have that sauce. I got I have to have it. I have it. So um things like that. And I just write it as cheesy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. I will say it. I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, you're that girl. Yeah. You are that girl. And you are that boy. And you are them. Yeah. Um, and then I think I also do a mental check of like my past wins and my L's. So for example, I'll look back on like Okay, Moya, you're afraid of um, this presentation right now. But in the past, when you had to do presentations, did you faint? Did you die? Did you get through it? Yes. Did I do amazing? Maybe not, but I went through it. So maybe I can get through this. Because all the time I'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Or I'll mess, I'll mess up. But then I try to now ask myself, what if I actually do really well? Mm. And try to just be as positive as I can because it's really hard, guys. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, so I just keep a mental note of, like, 
I did great in X, Y, Z. So yeah. like it's proof and it's just evidence that I will probably do really well as well. Um, and I also think I, you know how you said, well, if they invited you and they hired you, then you should not really question it. I really hold that to the standard. I'm just like, you have the responsibility. Yeah. As like, let's say hiring manager, you have the, they have the responsibility to do their job well in choosing the right candidates yes. or like whatever the case may be. Like, for example, your speaking engagement, the people who invited you have, they, they have that responsibility to yeah. include, um, like diverse people with diverse thoughts. Yeah. So it's on them if you don't step up to the plates. Like it's on them if I don't perform. Um, and I also have to, a role to play, but they have to do their due diligence. Yeah. Like same thing with my friends. I'm like, I trust you enough to tell me how you feel in terms of our friendship. Like different things. So I think I'm just trying to not take on all the burden and I'm trying to yeah. share it. And she said um, share it. Share it. So share the national moi moi. Egg. <laughs> give people context of what you're saying sometimes um and then yeah like trying to compare myself i don't know if i'll ever stop but that one i think whenever i see people that i really admire i just i've been trying not to like reach out to them like one i'll follow them like i'll see what they're doing and then i like engage with their content and if it's something like in a professional setting I would then reach out for like a coffee chat. If they ghost me, they ghost me. I keep yeah. pushing. But if I see someone that I'm like, oh wow, this one I would want to be like, instead of comparing myself. And also I'd be like, wait, this person has been in the field for like 20 years. Why am I comparing myself? Yeah. How? Why? So um try to do that as well. But but yeah. yeah. Um I definitely, definitely re- relate, but comparison, that is a pretty tough one. Mm-hmm. Um and hopefully um, maybe in season two, if we start having guests, we can bring experts to talk mm-hmm. about like imposter syndrome and how to deal with that. Um, also, if you didn't catch the reference, because I just realized Moya says sometimes I need to explain my my jokes. When I said share the national Moya, there's a song in Nigeria, a very very old song um, that was that. So that's what that was. But I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I definitely um, enjoyed the conversation. It was nice to talk about. And I, although I don't know if we gave great solutions or we gave um, not great solutions, but like very, very definite solutions because this is something that we still both struggle with in our day-to-day. I hope yeah. like you feel seen. I hope that if you if this is something that you experience, um, you... Also, you also feel comfortable to be able to share this with other people. And if there's something that we said that we do to manage our imposter syndrome, is something that you want to try, especially Moya's affirmations. Um, yeah, that girl. <laughs> before, I used to do like, oh, I'm confident. Now, my new one, I've added it to my list, is I have the secret sauce. If that's all <laughs> that you got from this podcast, um, that's great. Um, but yeah, we've come to the end of this episode. I hope you all enjoyed. It was really fun recording this one. Yeah. And as always, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts and mm-hmm. Spotify. At Peace in the Podcast, you see our beautiful face in the green background. Um, I do think we're the finest home there. But truly. Who no, am truly. I to, who am I to say? I no, don't make the rules. Truly. 
Um, I agree. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Instagram um, at peaceinapodcast.tm. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure that you're interacting. Don't forget to leave a comment, um, leave a review, um, and share this episode with people around you. Imposter syndrome, like we said, is something that everyone experiences. So you should also give people the chance to be able to hear this episode. So share with your friends, your family, your coworkers, every and everyone. Yeah, and we'll see you in our next episode. Don't forget that's going to be our last the episode last for episode. this season. And so it's a very fun it's episode. It's a really fun one. So like grab your like popcorn. It's grab long, something. but it's really good. If I do, if we do say so. We're ending ending with like a with very a chin, chill, funny. Like you, I feel like you hear more of our personalities yeah, too. I agree. Um, it's not so serious topics. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we love the serious. Yeah. Um, but it's a very great end to season season one. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this right now, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, and the rest of our so episodes like episode, and our season. Like season. Yeah, the rest of our seasons to come. Um, we are gonna be on a break in the summer. Yeah. Um, but we'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. Okay. Bye. Peace out. Love and light. <laughs> <laughs>